This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Just announced that Bappe's parched. <laughs> <laughs> the lino came over and he just, he just shoved it. Can't do that, Crunchy. Can't do that, man. The XS numbers are huge. This was Gonzalo Sorondo. Yeah. yeah, no wonder I couldn't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> no one can drive. There's no cabs coming. you got to go in there and open them out of the match. Oh. <laughs> Chumba Wamba. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch. Chris Stark and Statman Dave are with me as usual. You all right, boys? I'm really good. Yeah, Dave, you good? Excellent, mate. Before we get into the pod, we told you guys, if you can help pass this pod around in inventive ways, we're now in a position where we can sort of reward you a little bit. And my favourite way of doing that is just by getting stuff out of your house. Yeah. has been cool stuff that we've given away so far. And, and you guys have been so amazing in passing the pod, you know, straight straight to number one. It's been, it's been awesome. But we're on this new feed and we still get so many messages from people going... Stop dicking around, come back with a podcast. And it's like, obviously, if you're listening to this, you listen, but quite a lot of people don't seem to know we're on this new feed. Yeah, and I think the most inventive way of passing the pod shall be rewarded. So if you can pass the pod, tell everyone you're on the new feed, I'm willing to uh, give up some of my prize positions. And this one is a prize position, Chris. This is what we're looking at here is a England Man of the Match champagne um, that is in my office at the moment. And I'm not over the moon about giving this away yeah so it's unopened so there's champagne in there right or is the champagne yeah no no I've not drank it no I've not opened it you know when you it's your last drink of the night or like and you've run out I've done a few of those champagnes have you opened up a man of the match yeah yeah quite (laughs) (laughs) no one can drive there's no cabs coming yeah you've got to go in there and open the man of the match but you don't want to do it like at the time it probably feels like the right thing to do but you don't want those regrets of, in the morning. Oh, last night it's like what did we do oh, last night match. we didn't open the man of the match <laughs> if you do pass the pod and we suggested there was ways of doing this like you know if you're putting your number into someone's phone that kind of thing like maybe just go and subscribe to the podcast on there's that, so many inventive know? ways that our listeners are incredible like they come yeah. up with some things that you wouldn't even think of so do that and the best one it's the champers. Yeah. I was at Stoke the other day, actually. And I was past the pod as I was at the urinal. Yeah. Pretty incredible. To- toilets are a major way of passing the pod. A great way to pass we the pod. We found that quite, yeah. quite inventive. But I think if one listener, or every time you listen to this, if you pass it to one other person, that's the start of something beautiful. Yeah. I don't think there's many rules to this. Like, just do your bit for the podcast and um, let us know when you have... Send in your stories of what you've done or how you've gone about it. And we'll just do this a bit at random occasionally throughout the series. Find some more stuff to give away. And you could have the Man of the Match champagne. Send us an email. peter.croucheracast.com So look, we mentioned on the Joe Cole episode that this podcast would be focused on messages from listeners because there's so many good emails that we get into this podcast. And I feel we've had some great guests the last few podcasts, but we haven't really managed to get through as many messages as perhaps we would like the other thing we need to get stuck into a little bit and I don't know, i've been dreading this slightly on the walk up to the pub um is is relegation the issue of relegation it's that time of the year isn't it where would you like to start with this crouchy your experiences or dave's statistics um <laughs> well both of them are a pain in the arsehole <laughs> I think I've been relegated three times. QPI, my first season, awful. Southampton, awful. And Stoke, awful. (laughs) I feel like we're bringing the mood down already. It's sort of relegation. It doesn't seem like good vibes so far, but we'll we'll pick it up. I do think there's a lot to discuss with it, actually. I'm fascinated to know your experiences. And also, I have so many questions about players' mentality 
and and kind of like what we see publicly when they get relegated and how much we should believe. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's a little bit different now, isn't it? All right, let's get into some of these messages, though. I've got a message from Matt here. says, I told you in the last series that I was being groomed to be parched. (laughs) Since then, the manager who was grooming me stepped down and I took over as gaffer. It's been a great season in the new role and I've led the boys to a cup win. Parched stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. The thing is, he recognised the fact that he was being groomed and he's gone on to win a cup. And, uh, you know, that's an amazing achievement. And I think, you know, the manager, obviously, I, I don't think he told us his name, but deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like Alex Ferguson and David Moyes in, in, in some ways. Uh, didn't work out as, as well. Sometimes I think we're looking at it from a lad's perspective, but the good of the football club needs players who are parched. Mm. In, in all honesty, it's a good attitude. People want to learn. You know, we're looking at it in a derogatory way. But, you know, every team needs at least two or three parts. Do you, do you think people are parched to then become managers? Gerard, Lampard, yeah. were they in some ways parched themselves? Yeah, because a lot of them, a lot of the top players were really close to the managers. Um, and you mentioned Gerard, Lampard, Terry, people like that. Obviously, they're going to be around the manager because the manager relies so heavily on them. And, you know, they'll involve them in tactics or things that they're thinking about. Um, so they fall into that parched category. Um, I saw a really high high profile, was told about a really high profile potential parched. Uh, and this was, um, Rio went to interview uh, Maurizio Pochettino at PSG. In the middle of an interview, Mbappe walks in, just starts talking to Rio in perfect English and then talks to Pochettino. Pochettino says he's always, always asking me questions, always wants to learn wants to understand the tactics we're playing. And obviously, an incredible thing from a top player. And at such a young age, you know, it is amazing. But on the other side of that, potential high-profile parched parched in the PSG camp. (laughs) Bloody hell, this is a massive... That's a scoop, that. That is a big, big scoop. Big scoop. You've just announced that Mbappe is parched. (laughs) (laughs) The way we're looking at it from a derogatory point of view from Charlie Adam, for instance, whereas Mbappe, because of the player he is, probably the profile he has, we're going, oh, what an amazing young player, like so much talent, but wants to understand uh, every part of the uh, the game that he's involved in. You know, so why are we doing that with Mbappe and not with Charlie? (laughs) So are you you sort of claiming this is a bit of the modern game, the same way we have goalies playing it out from the back? It's like, it's just the way the game is developing. It's actually top players need to have an element of being parched. I I believe so, yeah. And I think obviously the the sort of top, top players, and I've been involved in it, and I've not been a huge parched myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing Devil's Advocate. I think the point there is if he, if he is the parched character, team sheet, first name on it. If you're in the game right now and you're playing for PSG, Pochettino's number nine, Mbappe's to your right, Neymar's to your left, do you become parched? Fantastic question, Dave. I think there's a really fine line between the manager going, he wants to learn, you know, this is amazing, you know, what is a coach's dream to, ah, oh, just piss off parched. <laughs> You know, if you're having a bad day and like Mbappe, oh, you're off <laughs> I just want to read my books, have a relax, drink God a cup of coffee. Say, you know, there's a real fine line between learning and like, I'll oh, just buzz off. But at the same time, so you'd have the likes of Thomas Tuchel, Pochettino, Carlo Ancelotti, maybe at Real Madrid, could go to Liverpool in the future with Jurgen Klopp. Surely that could be the greatest manager of all time. But that's what I'm saying, you know, like at, at the, the young age that he is, to be a sponge. I think back to a lot of the you know, players when I was young, coming through at the under-21s, very rarely would you see someone, you know, question, and listen, he can back it up because of the player he is. Bang, average player. Pochettino should have to do one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but Mbappe's obviously potentially the best player we've ever seen, you know, could be. So he gets a bit of grace from Parching. Do you think that's something a little bit like maybe a Wayne Rooney, right? You know, another young superstar that came through. Do you think Rooney was parched Rooney at wasn't Manchester parched. United, maybe? Rooney wasn't parched. No, that's not so the difference. I think so, but like, you know, with Rooney, like, I remember, like he was obsessed with football, wanting to learn without a doubt. Um, but 
you know, I think I think maybe tactically, um, I think that came later maybe for him. But what Pochettino was saying not to Rio, and obviously Rio explained it to me, was um, he wants to learn about every facet of the of the game, not just his own game. He wants to learn about you know what the centre halves are doing and why the whole team system. Um, and listen, that's going to serve him in great stead for for the future, isn't it? Yeah. And the same with Charlie. Honestly, like when Charlie was asking questions, like he'd come back and he was doing his coaching badges at the time, he was trying to understand what a manager and what a coach is going through. But obviously, we took the piss out of him. I love this podcast so much. You got Charlie, Charlie, and Mbappe, and the comparisons in how parched they are in between it is extraordinary. This is this is what. I love about these episodes where we just go through loads of your messages. It's 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 great to hear you're doing so well, Matt. He won a couple of his first season. It's an incredible start. And, and Matt, look, if anything else, Crouchy's in some ways comparing you to Mbappe. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this, boys, as well. I don't know if you're across this, but uh, Eric Ten Hag, the WhatsApp messages, um, he's obviously on his way to the club. Someone tweeted me saying, it's a couple of United boys have, have WhatsApped Ten Hag and said, you know, welcome to the club. And I just thought, Back to my day where a new manager came in and you you didn't have a, any correspondence whatsoever apart from the first training session where you came in and he gave a speech and you all went out and he shook hands and you met for the first time. But I know it's a bit parchy this episode, but the ones that have messaged him, you feel like they've got a bit of a one-up on the ones that haven't. Yeah, well, they, and no. obviously they've gone and sourced the manager's number as well because I don't think the manager comes into a club, <laughs> as far as I know, Crouchy, correct me if I'm wrong, sets up a WhatsApp group with the squad. And it's like, hello, boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Eric here. Nice it's, to be here. You know, I don't think it works like that. So that, they would have been individual players mm. getting the number and then sending some sort of yeah. you know, message. So what I was thinking was... Who do you think that no, is? And I know it's a bit of a who done it again, but <laughs> I've got my suspicions. If players have done this individually, then there are players that obviously haven't done this as well. They might even be listening to this, but you know, a lot of a lot of guys playing listen to this podcast. They might be finding out, although you said you saw it on social media that um that this had happened. But do you think Eric Ten Hag's gonna get a flurry of text messages. Well, now everyone's got to do this it. podcast. Everyone's got to do it, haven't they? Well, it's, you're either in or you're out, and it's a bit <laughs> snaky. You know, yeah. it's a bit snaky going to the boss and WhatsApping him without going heads up, lads. I'm gonna. I think we should have WhatsApp him. Surely, right? Donny has to be the link. If you're going by your theory, yeah. it's Donny, right? This reminds me of <laughs> because if I was Donny, yeah, and I think this is the kind of thing you would do, Crouchy. You would give the wrong number. You give them what? So give them Louis Van Gaal's number. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And it's like, welcome along. Hi, boss. Just wanted to introduce myself. Like, and it looks like you're trying to get into a different team. Awesome. Yeah. You're or you give the them a manager of a slightly shitter team. Like, that's even funnier because then you have these players like trying to parch a championship <laughs> manager. <laughs> right. That's what I would do. Who's first in there? Who's gone? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get his number and I'm going to text it. Who benefits the most from that situation? <laughs> Well, a couple of had, had a bit of a had a difficult time this Marcus. season. Yeah, he's had a difficult yeah. time this season. It's definite potential there. Cristiano is not bothering, is he? There's no need. No, I think probably Eric will get Cristiano's number and text him, won't he? I reckon that's what happens there. <laughs> yeah, he's asking for Cristiano's number. I reckon it will be the creation of a new part at Manchester United because one of those players will get in and be like, "Oh, Eric, so how do you play your fullbacks over in uh, over in Holland?" When you have a new manager, though, like the, the amount of parching goes up oh, tenfold. It's unbelievable. Like a new manager will walk in and I, I always remember there was one moment I saw, I remember at Stoke, Hughes, Mark Hughes got the bullet, got sacked and new manager comes in. Oh my God, the gym was a, it was bustling. It was like the tube at 8.30 in the morning. Honestly, trying to get on the central line. We haven't settled on a name yet. Who do you reckon? I think there could be a few. Bruno Fernandes, right? Oh. He yeah. loves, uh, you know, he's very passionate. He's, I think he's the type of character, though, that would do it in, wouldn't do it in a malicious way. Not a kind of, I want to get into the first team type message. Yeah. It's more of a nice side to it. Mm. Yeah, that's not a bad I, I had a few people saying to me it was Maguire or <laughs> Scott McTominay. Uh, they I, would... is it, I can't imagine it with McTominay. I can't, I can't, I just can't imagine him. But uh, I can't I've, imagine him just listen, reaching out like that. Yeah, like he's 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 a good guy. You know mm. what I mean? And Maguire is. 
don't have to. It doesn't make you a bad person. Well, I actually, it makes you like you know, someone's starting a new job. We're wishing them well. So you have this mad situation where whenever you know that a manager's going to another club, round about the time that they announce the signing, they're getting a load of messages. And all, all the managers have to turn the notifications off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pain in the ass. <laughs> Luke Shaw's at me again. <laughs> Here comes Eric Bailly. <laughs> Sending the pictures now. Do you reckon Eric does? I, I imagine Eric does a little like um, tongue sticking out smiley. It's like it's the ones that r- try and write something funny as well, uh, yeah, rather yeah. than just all right, boss. Yeah. Like, just in case you need my number, there's a few of those, and then there'll be like one that tries to tries to be funny or 100%. like. Do you remember on the last episode we had a taste tasting session uh, with the brew dog beer whisperer, as he was called? He came here, let us taste a few brew dogs. And then he was going back to the brewery to give our plan to the beer wizard. It's kind of his master. Uh, what's the latest on the Lau Crouchy? Where are we up to? Uh, well, I've got this message from the Brewdog Beer Wizard. He says, thanks for providing a few pointers on the various elements you'd like to include in the Lau The Beer Whisperer provided a very thorough report, and I'm putting that into action this week. After seeing the standard of some of the can designs, we at Brewdog want to incorporate some of their designs, so send over all the ones you like by the end of the next episode, and we'll go through everything. Then we can start thinking about how to advertise and market the loot. I am blown away by the designs that people have been sending in. And I know we went through a few on the last episode. Absolute belters. On social, like I thought, and I love, by the way, that some people just sketch it out by hand and that was all good. But it's like we've got these graphic designers or something. Like, I don't really understand the element of Photoshop that happens with this. They look like real... that, that, That is incredible. I mean, this one is... I mean, there's a few potential lawsuits in this one, but I do like the initial look of it. The one from Daniel feels a bit too sexy. And I, I just got a bit, when I looked at it, I was like, wow. It is good. Like, amazing work. It, it looks like a real deal. I just wonder if having something which is so overtly podcast and like, mm. like the one from Daniel here, amazing job, Daniel, but it looks like a serious drink. Almost looks too sexy as I can. So this one here from Daniel is like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bloody good option, but it's very serious it feels but i feel like that could be like when it becomes a proper drink (laughs) when it takes off and rivals you know some of the big big brands that could be the the can but for the moment it's a fun drink it's niche go and enjoy it with your friends and we'll build it into this thing obviously you guys are seeing these on socials the the bright colorful one here with the pictures from From my cast and everything it's from michael so uh well done michael if you listen to this like we're looking at it now and it's it's such a good job but also just thank you everyone who's been sending in this stuff and uh, we'll keep putting them out on socials people just tag us in it's great to see so the brew dog beer wizard mentioned um branding bit of advertisement this has been sent into us by sam this is his take on it hi lads sam hart here playing cricket yesterday came up with a little jingle for the advert for when the laut is ready the only issue is we will have to change the name to laut but it goes a little like this chris might be able to get it recorded by a uh, proper singer let's drink laut let's drink laut it's a lager and it's a stout. Let's drink loud. Let's drink loud. It's a lager and it's a stout. So let's drink loud. <laughs> Cheers, boys. I bloody love That's that. Sensational. Well, he's nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. It's got its own song. I'm not even joking. Like, obviously, that's, you know, like a, a proper song, but I could get that properly made up if we wanted. Yeah, so. Jennifer Lopez sings that song. Wow. We should get her to record it, Chris. I we could make that our next challenge. Couldn't Imagine we? Imagine Jennifer Lopez, right? Halftime Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get loud. Let's get loud. It's a lager round. It's a st- <laughs> no, but once we've sold enough of them, once we've sold enough of them, that should be we should she should be in. Like Well, she's our she's our goal to yeah. with branding, I think. But it's what, so, either she gets in now or she gets in two years' time. Well, let's go, we, we win. Let's go yeah. back to Brewdog now and say we've got Jennifer Lopez <laughs> for, for the promotion. Ad, for the advert. We've gone big. <laughs> Imagine Lopez. So, Lopez Super Bowl. Yeah. It's a lager and it's, it's a star. star. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's a great plan. And thank you that's to... Um, plan. 
Cheers, Thanks. Sam. Great plan, mate. Sam, like, <laughs> like, imagine it starts with Sam and ends up with Jennifer Lopez doing the advert <laughs> for the Laud. Don't rule it out. Do not rule it out. It's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Let's go, Lopez. Mm. Go, Lopez, or go home. We, let's not. Like, <laughs> I often think with this podcast, we have a few drinks, right? And then weird shit happens. Stuff happens. We end up in Kensington Palace, you know. Prince William's been on. Why can't Lopez advertise the loud? I know we're getting into relegation today. Um, And obviously being a Watford fan, touchy subject slightly. Yeah, it's a touchy subject for everyone, isn't it? Like, listen, no one wants to be down there. You're in a dogfight. You must have been pretty resigned to the fact that it was going to happen, though. Yeah. Also, I think... I'm intrigued to know your experiences of being relegated and perhaps some insight that you can give that will make me feel slightly better about this situation. Um, I don't think that any of my insights going to make you feel better, Chris, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I got, I think I got relegated three times. Um, bizarrely in some, you know, two of the circumstances in really good seasons for myself personally. So it's weird, weird kind of dynamic. My first season in professional football was at QPR. I loved it. I had a really good season. I, I was the club's got top goal scorer. I had one player in a year there, um, but we just missed out on, you know, staying up. And we, we we got relegated, and um, it was devastating because I was connected to the clubs. You know, I was there when, from nine years old and um, made my debut there. Jerry believed in me. Of the fans were a lot of my friends with the games, and you know, it it hit me hard. But I was too young to sort of understand what the you know the magnitude of, of what I had on clubs so I you know, I think the, the club was in administration and I was seen as an asset at the time and uh, they bought me for 60 grand and sold me for 1.2 in that same season to Portsmouth and that money sort of you know helped rebuild the club again really and I think at that time it was a lot of money and I was gutted really to, to leave because I loved it there uh, but went on to, to bigger and better things sometimes as a fan you sort of see players that get relegated and you think that they sort of pretend that they care and they don't really it seems to me that you're talking about actually really caring but then leaving for almost the betterment of the club in the financial yeah, I mean, situation that, listen, you know like to, to, to further my career you know I was staying in the championship which I was at the time you know someone was buying me for a lot, for a lot of money um and it helped the club as well. So it was probably best for all parties, really. Uh, but when you're talking about players not caring and stuff, it would like that leads me to my relegation with Stoke. And that was the one that really hit home uh, because that was that was devastating in, in lots of ways because I was old enough to understand there's the players, obviously, then you've got the management staff, but then you've got the, you know, the secretary, the girl that works in the ticket office, the kit man who's been there 20, 30 years. Um, even the... The welfare of the of the whole city, like the you know the, the the money that it generates when big teams like Manchester United and Liverpool fans come into the area, and um, being a Premier League club and the sponsorship money that you know affects the whole community. And when you see it firsthand and you're involved in it, the devastation is is huge, and you feel responsible for it because you what you do on the pitch is has had the impact on that such massive community. Do you ever see how it is from like my point of view where you see players that aren't really caring and what happens in those situations? And is it just that you resign yourself to relegation or did you have experiences where you would have to go and speak to players and sort of try and get them to think the same way as you? Or Chris, it was honestly devastating watching it unfold that season, you know, because I was a bit part player at that time, you know, I was having an impact off the bench and I was playing a certain amount of games, but, um, you know, I'd seen us go from the best dressing room in the, you know, I've almost ever been involved into one of the worst and that was correlated in relegation and it was, wasn't as if the talent had got any worse, if, you know, the talent had got much better, in fact, but we were finishing, I think we finished in the top 10 in the Premier League, three seasons on the spin with, a sprinkle of real quality, but a great attitude in the dressing room. And that pulled you through those games around Christmas time when things got tough and you had injuries. Um, you know, if you've got a good dressing room, you club together and you win, you grind out those kind of games and you win them. And and everything that Stoke was associated with, which was, you know, winning ugly and being difficult to beat, was gone. We were a nice footballing team that rolled over easily. 
And it was devastating to see. And you talked about players not caring. I got that vibe. And, you know, it's easy for me to sit back here and go, like, I wasn't part of that. I was part of a team that got relegated and I'm, I'm involved in that. But there was times where there was certain individuals that were a disgrace at that time. And some of the things I saw in that year of the relegation at Stoke was something that I never saw in 20 years of football. At what point did you realise you were in the battle? Pre-season, there was warning signs. Pre-season. Honestly, the pre-season, there was warning signs. We had signed a few players and, you know, little things were changing and they weren't getting, you know, we'd lost the characters or enough of the characters that were like, what the fuck's he doing? Mm. (laughs) Hold on a minute. You know, that's not what we do here. You might do that elsewhere, but here we don't do that. We'd lost lots of those people. And listen... I look at myself first as well and think it was too late by the time that I realised that, you know, because I wasn't starting games, you know, mm. it's harder for me to go in, although I'd have a good, I'd had a good career and people respected me, you know, it was slightly harder for me to go in and start screaming and I'm not that type of character anyway, um, but those warning signs were in, were in pre-season. I always remember one pre-season game where, now listen, I'm not naming names now because what's gone is gone, but then one of the players had walked off the pitch because someone had passed to him and like that, that it's like a 10 year old stuff yeah like I, I, I was open mouth going this was obviously behind closed doors game no one's pulled him off no, no one's, one's told no him one's passing I mean it is like it is literally five year olds literally of, but like that, these, these were the types of things that I was seeing <laughs> I was going it was, it was mind boggling did anyone have a go at you yeah, it felt like it was very fractured and it was little groups and everyone was whispering around each other's back and not, not getting anywhere. Um, but yeah, listen, you know, can't dwell on it too long because, but it, it, that, that was, that really pissed me off that year. <laughs> <laughs> what it sounds yeah. like is it's actually more of a person thing, right? That it's actually the group is the problem, yeah. not the football yeah. side. Well, it was. Well, it there's was. a phrase for you. There's only so many times you can move the deck chairs around the Titanic, isn't it? Makes sense that though. You know, like, look at even... You know, that season we had four managers, right? And none of them could get a tune out of the team. The recruitment of these players, like, yeah, you can look at their ability and we could all watch videos and go, whoa, he looks like a good player. But he could be a complete tool. (laughs) Well, I remember talking to Tony Poulis and him saying that, like, you know, we'd go and watch players on a certain, like, uncomfortable game, like an away game against the top side in the league to see what the character was. Yeah, and I think now football is different. But certainly in the relegation battle, um, you need people that are willing to stand up. And that's not all flying into tackles and shouting and bawling. That's people that are all able to be fit for the games, number mm. one, and receive the ball in situations where the crowd are on your back because you're in a load of trouble. Being able to keep receiving the ball under that kind of pressure, turn out and, and play, and that's bravery in that situation. Is a, it, that is a tough thing to do. Which three players would you take with you in a relegation battle if you were to do it again? Hoof, Whelan, Walters. If we'd have had those three, I think we'd have stayed up. Let's talk about being relegated with Southampton in 2005. (laughs) It's a fucking cheery pod, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like that that wake episode, isn't it? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another memory to revisit down memory lane, Crouchy, relegated with Southampton in 2005. Lovely. Um, let's oh, talk my. about this because I think this is the epitome of the relegation battle. And you said before about keeping your head in that relegation battle. So talk to, talk to me what happened with you. Let's, let's, let's dig in. Well, no, we played Palace and I remember I scored a pen and, um, and I thought, yeah, no, like, great. Right, we were, I was highly charged because Palace were down there with us as well. And, um, it's a big game. And I, I always remember, I can't remember who the defender was, but it was like, we were going down the line and I was sort of like, you know, I think it was thrown into my chest and he sort of like pulled me 
and I've thrown an elbow at him, missed him. And then he's got away with the ball and I think I've just lashed out of a kick. And um, it was a moment of madness, got sent off. This was Gonzalo Sorondo. Yeah. yeah, no wonder I couldn't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've you've got pissed off, haven't you? I was pissed like, off, yeah. I mean, and, I, I and is that like, the pressure of relegate like is this the game itself, yeah. the moment, the relegation? The whole thing, the whole yeah. thing, yeah. I've just I've love lashed out, I was sent off. And you know, the realization of the fact that, you know, I I, I was the club's top goal scorer that season. I'd done really well after Christmas and we'd had a fighting chance of staying up. And then um, I've done that, and I'm sitting there going. So this is this is the penultimate game of the season that you've done this. So this in theory, the frustration at that point is what it rules you out. Well, it was the final. At first, the the frustration was the the game, and it was Mm. you know we're not winning it. Um, And you know this defender whose name I can't remember. um, (laughs) I know he'd been doing it all game trying to wipe, and and it worked. And I, I lashed out, and then I missed the last game. Granted, the last game was Man United at home, and we'd had a, you know, would have been a difficult game anyway, considering the form we were in. But we would have had a chance if I'd have played, you know, like, you know, not that I was the be all and end all, but that season I was on fire. So I remember the, the back end of the season quite vividly. My grand, my late grandfather was a Southampton fan. Mm-hmm. I remember being gutted about it. Like, I don't support Southampton, mm-hmm. but my grandfather did. Like, I just felt a bit gutted. It was like unfair. You know, they, they, it was would, the first time that Southampton <laughs> ever got relegated from the Premier League. Like, my granddad always used to bang on about that. Yeah, yeah. Great statistic. You know, good fact from him. But it was almost like a frustration. I imagine as a player, like, that's even, like, I might, might get annoyed, but that's, you're fuming, right? Yeah, I was gutted. I think the club um, appealed it. They did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uns- unsuccessful. Uh, that was the season, actually, when David Prutner pushed over the linesman <laughs> and uh, he got... He got banned for 10 matches for that. Um, that didn't help matters either. Did he have that? Did it, was that in him? Was that always no, in him? That was, no? Pras was quite a, you know, you see him now, he does all, yeah, you know, he's just like, on. you know, he's, he's a good lad, like, mm. really good lad. And, um, he was a hardworking, honest, you know, player. And I, he was playing off the right that game and he was very close to the linesman. <laughs> I can't remember what it was for. He might have hacked Thierry Henry or something. It was against Arsenal. And then, uh, yeah, the lino came over and he just, he just shoved it. <laughs> can't do that, Crouchy. You can't do that, mate. <laughs> but it wasn't great and he deserved his ban. Okay, so you, so they have to go and appeal that. How long does the appeal take, by the way? I've got no idea, it? mate. I literally had no... So like, then does Harry call you with the results? No, it's like waiting for a doctor or something. I didn't have a clue. I was like, like I didn't know they were going to appeal it. They appeal, I just read it in the paper. They I'd love to hear how they try and appeal some of these things. Crouchy's just kicked him. It's nothing more than that. Look, yellow card. Maximum yeah. yellow card. I would love to get Harry Redknapp on this podcast again. Give him a load of like so clear cut red card examples, but then ask what he would do when appealing them. Like, what's the Redknapp spin on that to, to go and appeal it? Keep your striker for the next game. I think he's got to start with personality to me. Look, I know, I know Peter. He's a good lad. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't try and hurt the guy. He's not trying to injure him. Not you, trying to break his. You leg. don't do that in the appeal, do <laughs> you? Do you, do you reckon? It's like character reference, isn't it? You got to give Come the character on, reference, he's, and he's then just had a kid. He's got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, one of my least favourite phrases in football is the phrase "too good to go down," and the truth of it is, they're too shit to stay up. <laughs> These clubs have spent so much money. That, that, that hasn't come from the club, though, has it? Like, no. that's a pundit. That's yeah. pundit speak. So, like, they're too good to go down. That's like, they'll be fine. Question for you, though, Crouchy, right? We're halfway through the season. Uh, let's say at Stoke. Chris is the manager. He comes out and says, we're too good to go down. What do the players think? It depends if we like Chris as a manager or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if we all like him, if we're yeah. all behind him, we think... Yeah, we are. We are. He, he, let's go. We're galvanizing us. Team. He believes in us. But if we don't like Chris, we go. What's this twat on about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what happens if Chris comes out now and says we're too shit to stay up? It's the carrot and the stick, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Manager comes in. You're sat there just looking up, waiting for that quote, that thing that's going to click you into gear to keep you up. Special from the something's got to keep you up. And the manager looks in your eye and goes, "Crouchy, you are too good to go down." Other manager comes in, Crouchy, you are too shit to stay up. <laughs> Which one works? Well, that's, no, no, the too shit to stay up is not going to work. That's not going to work. 
I, as I said it, it didn't really work, work the same. I was trying to motivate you. Imagine, imagine a new gaffer came in, just took over, like late doors are going to try and keep us up, right? And he comes in, his first speech is, you are too shit to stay up. Yeah. I, I think it works with different groups, right? I think the defenders need the two shit. I think the forwards need too good. No, but it's if mm, it, maybe it's the way I delivered it because if you think about it, right? If I'm a manager and goes, "You're too good to go down," just keep going. You're going to be fine. Too shit to stay up. I'm going to prove him wrong. You need to, yeah. You prove need me to. Right. You need to start putting in like you we are. Need some more goals. Players on their knees here, struggling <laughs> for form. You know, kicking them when they're down, it's like, oh god, he thinks we're crap as well. Yeah, we're going straight what, down. What, okay, what, well, yeah, but <laughs> I think I think saying you're too good to go down gives you a false confidence because you're not because you're in a relegation battle. You know, when when when, when Harry came into it, like up Southampton that year, right? I was not. I was in and out of the team, and he came in and he said, "Why are you not starting? You and Kevin Kevin Phillips are going to be our front two for the rest of the season, and you're going to fire us um, out of this problem, right?" Granted, we didn't do that. But, <laughs> but I scored a lot of goals and I felt a lot of confidence and I grew as a... You know, I scored a lot of goals after that, that speech. And I personally felt better to, to get us out of it. So you want a manager really? to lie to you? Well, he didn't come in and go, you're shit, you're going down. <laughs> it's not going to work. From a fan's point of view, it's kind of like you, you want players to be devastated about being relegated well you want them in the relegation battle to keep the club up but I suppose as you're entering this sort of thought of relegation you can't help but personally start thinking about your own personal contract your personal situation Mm. well a lot of times like contractually like it's sort of small print in many ways traditionally now a team will have a 50% pay cut Um, so you'll be paid a certain amount one year, be relegated and be on 50% re- um, less the next. Um, but a lot of players might have signed contracts long before that came in. Um, and let me say this, there's a lot of rustling of papers from people going back through their contracts and thinking if we do, you know, when the realisation is like, we may get relegated. is so you suddenly have to call the lawyer. Or so am I... Am I getting half? Like all of a sudden, you know, especially with the big clubs that you don't, you just doesn't really, you don't really think about it. When you're signing for a new club, you're thinking about the top end of the league. You know, you're not thinking about the bottom end of the league. And yeah, of course, everyone's got representation, and you know that should be looked after. But clubs usually now specify on that, and you can't really argue with it. You're not going into a new club and you know saying I'm not having that in my contracts because you're not expecting yeah, okay, to go down. Have, have you never been part of a team this this is super naive probably way to view it where the team everyone's got to agree to the same thing as in when you get relegated because I would think that there's a major issue in the fact that some players are disproportionately affected by relegation yeah and I think there's some players I've seen it firsthand you know that haven't been cut, for instance, or uh, there's some players who've done so well in that relegation season, they've been offered a new deal and not have to have that 50% pay cut like the rest of the players. Um, And that is difficult to manage. I think that's, again, you know, the whole team togetherness, like that's a massive problem, right? That you're dealing with all these personalities and you're dealing with a different way. You're not dealing with a sort of like mindset of everyone is in the same, we're all in the same boat. You're already fracturing the group by the contract. The other yeah, thing that's is... What I was, that's, that's exactly what I was wondering. Like, does that have much of an effect? You know, like... That, and, and are you aware of other people's detail to that level? Um, yeah. You are? Like, yeah. not... That's interesting. Not completely. Right? Like, players speak. There's no... There's not... There's no getting away from that. Like, players in the dressing room do, do talk... Um, not necessarily all about you know how much they are earning or but then there'll be rumors as well and for some reason newspapers and agents and you know the, 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 it's not necessarily the player but the agent will speak and they'll speak to other agents and they'll get the gist of what players are earning and whether or not they've got you know these clauses in their contracts um and then that spreads and the rumors start and then everyone's talking about it and yeah it can be difficult but that's what a football club is now there's so much money in the game that it's difficult to manage at the bottom end 
and the top end. You know, if you're if Salah, for instance, gets a new contract now, right, five year deal, and he's on 150 grand a week more than um, Van Dyke, that can be fractious. You know, like why is why is Salah on so much more than Van Dyke? I felt we'd done quite a lot on, on relegation today. I can't say it's made me feel much better about the relegated. That said, I'm quite looking forward to the championship. I, w- I want to bring some positivity here, though, before we, we leave. And I've looked at some data. And there's some good stats, Chris, and there's some bad stats. Uh, first and foremost, 25 out of the 91 teams relegated from the Premier League to the championship or the Division 1 um, have come back stronger. The next season? The next season. So they've that's come the back. third then. That's the 25 third. of the 91. 25 of the 91 have come back stronger. Um, but also there have been a number of teams that have done back-to-back strongers, as I like to call it. Uh, Fulham have done it, um, obviously in, from 2019 and then the 21 season as well. And Birmingham City have done back-to-back strongers. So, so what? Promote, um, promoted, relegated, promoted. And what happened to Watford? a few seasons ago? They, yeah. Well, they we went know, up. They, well, then you've gone down. So we can do this again. You so. can do the back-to-back stronger. If anything, it's more impressive to go up, down, up, down. Like, you, absolutely. You said to me, you enjoyed, only real teams can do that. You said to me, you enjoyed the championship, you know, I because you're did. winning every week. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're in, and you're fighting for something. You might get a playoff final or or a promotion where you got some silverware. So we're going for the double. Is that what you're saying? You bet. Though? You're basically doing a back to back stronger. So if you do a back to back to back to stronger, could be the first team ever. Well, a treble of sorts. Then. A treble. Well, but that means they've got to go down. They've got to go up and go down again. <laughs> they, they do. They do. They've got to go down, but it's on. It's not Some the quadruple, but no. it's, a, it's a good treble. <laughs> no, it isn't, but sometimes you do have to go down to go up. <laughs> it's the only way it's possible. Um, that sounded uh, more profound I, in my I, brain. I was going to think of a five song. <laughs> Get down the yeah. No, it's Chumbawamba, isn't it? Get I get relegated. Yeah. I get promoted again. Like, <laughs> never gonna you're never going to keep me down. down. Like, it's that. I get knocked down and I, I get, get up, up again. again. Yeah. That's what Watford need to do, a Chumbawamba. <laughs> what the hell? Watford needs to do a Chumbawamba. <laughs> so that's... Um, anyway, if you are a team that is affected by relegation... <laughs> Just um, think, hope you could do a Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you all a Chumbawamba <laughs> for you and your team. Going down is such a difficult thing, but always remember, you could do a Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> Google it, kids. <laughs> anyway, lots to think about. So... <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember last episode we came up with the idea of setting up our own estate agency? I've just read Moving this on in front from of me. To I've, just, I've just remembered the last podcast, which was top tier. By the way, if this is if this is your oh, first time man. listening to us, like oh. get on the last podcast and then work your way backwards from there because it's a lot to catch up on. Crouchy, do you remember the name of the estate agency? I, do. I remember it really clear as day. Go on. Load of pricks. Load of pricks. <laughs> Sell your house with a load of pricks. <laughs> um, what we're thinking of doing is actually setting this up as well. Like, do you know, I had a bad experience with an estate agent. The more I think about it, like... Has I anyone would, had a good one? I'd rather we represented people's properties yeah. on the podcast well, the thing through is, a load of pricks. we Jasper who emailed in. We got potential news, haven't we, on Jasper? You're right, Croucher, we have. He's, uh, he's actually been in touch. He says, thank you so much for giving me 30 seconds on the podcast to help sell my apartment. I've actually accepted an offer on the flat. So fingers crossed I'll be able to move into my dream home very soon. One out of one for a load of pricks. I mean... The expected sales on that, the XS numbers are huge. One out of one. We've had one sale Unbelievable. in one week of load of, prick, rate. load of pricks started out. But also, I think we only sell property of podcast listeners and none of them are pricks. So the irony of the situation is it's almost a trusted... Source and we've took, a, we took absolutely no commission. Yeah, and we, we don't want the commission. <laughs> we just want it. It's going to be tough for a business model long term. Yeah, long term. You know, we no, for the people. But you need a point of difference, Dave. And ours is that we don't actually want to earn any money from your house. We just want to help you sell it. Um, well, bring, and, listen, bring it on. This is what we do at Load of Pricks. <laughs> you bring it on. We sell it for you. We take no commission. Job done. I think we made a. Web, I think we made a website. You know, and let people list their houses, and like we. It's just for podcast listeners who want to buy and sell houses through it. 
Imagine a load of pricks. Like, you're legitimate. Like, houses listed on there. <laughs> the get dream that for me is the sign get outside. That. The get sign that. outside. <laughs> I want to drive past a house with a for sale load of prick sign that's my dream we're going to look into making one or two of them if you are selling your if house if you are willing like... to sell your house through load of pricks um, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll make you a yeah. for sale sign and we'll get it up yeah and we'll get it sold so all of this has come about because there's adverts in this podcast and we want you guys listening to this to be able to advertise on here as well we thought it's it's kind of a nice way of going about this. We put a few adverts on the podcast. We also give you a bit of space where you can come on, advertise something you want to get rid of. We've had some great ones so far and you guys properly lean into exactly what we hoped it would be. We've we've had a printer um, that we've uh, had someone advertise and we've had an apartment on this bit of the podcast. I'm so intrigued. It's it's fast becoming one of my favourite bits. I'm a huge fan of this. Um, let's have a listen to one of your adverts. This is from Jack. Hi Crouchy, hi Chris. Uh, I'm trying to flog a filing cabinet. The other day, Dad and I were on the way back from town and we saw it with a sign saying, please take me. So we did. Mum fucking hates it. She wants the filing cabinet gone and probably my dad too. It's about five foot. strong. It's made of metal. Uh, It's got a nice uh, lock on it, so um, all of your stuff's secure. Uh, It's got a smooth as hell action. It's really fucking massive. Please take it for free. No Carls. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, he's pointing to it. It's five foot. Did you hear did you hear the sound on it when he bashed it? That was beautiful. Oh I love this pod. I think the big thing with that is we're saving a marriage as well. So yeah. if you take it, you know, one of the listeners takes this, you're saving a marriage, you're getting something that's got a lock, smooth action. What isn't that to like? He wants it for free. For free. Great stuff in it. Yeah, that's what this is about. So if you do want this fucking massive filing cabinet, um, there'll be a little link to it on our socials. Just five foot. Find the official Peter Crouch podcast socials. Make sure you're following. You can have a look at this thing. If you want to take it off our lads' hands there. Um, (laughs) Amazing. And that's what this is all about. Boys, before we go, I want to play you this masterpiece. It's a really fitting tribute, we feel by one of the listeners of this podcast, a guy called Joel Stewart. You can go find this guy like on socials and all of that. Now, he previously wrote a song for this podcast that we loved and we ended up playing it to Prince William. Do you remember Crouchy? I remember it well, yes. Very, very talented guy. Now, he has written a retirement song for Mike Dean. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't you? And I just think it's perfect timing considering it was his last game, Watford against Chelsea. Did you see that moment? He beautiful. The, Absolutely Beautiful. Win. Did it resonate? Did it make you feel a bit emotional? Well, yeah, there was a, shared that moment. There was a moment, yeah, where I, I knew, not no one knew in the stadium um, that I was retiring, but I, I knew. And yeah, I got all the kids on the pitch and it was quite emotional for me personally, but I did, I sort of, that was on my own. But with Mike, you, you realise that the camera was on him. We knew it was his final moment and Joel's wrote this song and it actually brings a bit of a tear to the eye, doesn't it? I think it can be almost our podcast tribute to Mike Dean. Unless, Crouchy, would you like 20 seconds just to give a tribute to Mike Dean yourself? No. No, the song the song says it how you would like. Yeah. I think it says <laughs> says everything we need to know. All right, everyone. Enjoy this. It's weirdly emotional, but go with it. This will be on socials. Let's make sure we share it and all of that. It's the Mike Dean song. What a story of a boy From the chicken slaughterhouse To the lights And the noise The FA Cup final And European games Oh Mike never changed Ref them all the same Oh and where will we be Without you on our TV screens Most card friendly we've ever seen It's Mike Dean Mike Dean Mike Dean The funniest ref we've ever seen Mike Dean Mike Dean the chick 
chicken killing machine And I'll never forget Watching you celebrate a goal Like you had scored it So enjoy your time Watching Tranmere With a beer by your side Weekends won't feel the same No screaming at you at the game Oh Mike, never change Mike Dean, Mike Dean The funniest ref we've ever seen Mike Dean, Mike Dean The chicken killing machine Mike Dean Oh Joe, wow Mike Dean, the chicken killing machine Fantastic. Wow, wow, wow. If that wow. doesn't pull all the heartstrings, I don't know what will. Another good pod today, guys. Well done. Cheers, lads. Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Loadofpricks, loadofpricks.net.